Peace and Love from the Art of Floundering Podcast. This is our brand new Profiles in Pain series, where we hope to get the perspective of those that are living in chronic pain. In this, our first episode, Brandon Pollard joins us to share his perspective. Brandon's pain journey began approximately 17 years ago. I think you'll learn a lot from listening to his story. I certainly did. With that said, peace and love, and on with the show. From Parts Unknown. This is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Wishing you nothing but. Peace and love. All right, this is Will Dick with the Art of Floundering Podcast. Today's date is the 8th of September, 2022. Um, it is two, Thursday, 10.30 in the morning, and I have a guest with us, and we're gonna, I'm going to bring him on right now. His name is Brandon Pollard, and Brandon's going to talk about his pain journey. Brandon, welcome. Can you, you see me okay? Yeah. All right. Time, Welcome to the podcast, man. Um, Thank you so much. This is what we're attempting to do, and I'm going to kind of like, you know, it's Brandon's stories, but I want to get as many profiles in pain as I possibly can. You know, I don't want these things to be filtered. I want people to be able to say what they want to say about their experience. So um, anybody have any questions, let me know. Uh, I got sound issues kind of going on, so I won't be taking phone calls, I don't think, unless I can figure that out at the last minute. But, Brandon, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Um, what, okay. what, let, let, let us know, like, wh- who are you right now, like age and where you are, those kind of things, and then we'll go back in time. Um, I'm 46-year-old. I live in a little small town called Ramburn, Alabama, out here in the boondocks. And uh, I've been living in pain since 2005, practically going on, it'd be 17 years come October. And the reason I know it's October, because I'll never forget that day when the doctor told me, that, look, your MRI came back and it's not good. You're going to have to go on disability. I don't see how you're working. And then my life changed. Uh, even when I took the x-rays back to the uh, chiropractor, me and her both sit there and broke down. It's like, Things are never going to be the same. Now, were you injured, Brandon? Yeah, let, let's go to your injury. Were you, were you, was it a, I know you told me before, but for the sake of the audience, hey, Spicoli, for the sake of the audience, how did, did was this an injury, uh, a condition, and where is it, and how did that happen? You know, what happened was, all of a sudden, this pain radiated down my left leg all the way down to my foot so bad that I couldn't sleep, I couldn't stand, I couldn't sit, nothing I could move and do to be comfortable. You know, I was raised up playing football, playing basketball, athletic, ran, worked out, and I thought, well, maybe I just need some adjusting. 
you know, I just go right. to the chiropractor and get some adjusting done. So that's what I did for about two months, and it didn't get no better. And uh, finally, we were sitting there, and she went over some orthopedic surgeons, and she mentioned Watts. And I was like, him, he did surgery on my mom. And so I went to him. First thing he did, MRI. I went to the MRI, came back, and it shows that I have congenital spinal stenosis. Okay. Okay. Everything showed up when they did the lower part, L5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. And, and I just had to live with it since then. So there's and no surgery. There's no. In 2018, I had back surgery. Okay. What did they the do? I yeah, I hear you, bro. I hear you. What 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 was what were they supposed to have done? Well, was it, it a fusion? Eighty five percent chance that this right here is gonna make you pain free. And that, <laughs> All uh, right. That we should this should help you. Well, they were wrong. Uh, he cut about six centimeters in my back and put a cage at the very bottom L five S one. Put a cage there and did a whole lamisolomy section of the L section, L5, 4, 3, 2, 1, shaping the bone around the nerves to hopefully loosen up that mm -hmm. nerve damage. And, and put two rods and four screws in the very bottom vertebrae, L5, S1. Okay. And I've had, I couldn't tell you how many shots in my back. Two. Like. Nerve block shots? To the point I have arachnoiditis. Okay, yeah. That long word. I don't really know how to say it, but no more shots in my back. Uh, I was seeing a doctor prior to this doctor I see now, and he was shooting me left and right. I said, you got to stop. I said, I can't take this shot in the back. And at one time, when I told the person, the doctor, stop, the needle was hurting so bad. You got to pull it out. And once they figured out that I couldn't do those shots, it was I was called in literally the next day saying that they need to change the course of my treatment. So I went to Carrollton Orthopedic, place where I had my back surgery, and they literally had me in there for a pill count, piss test, and I told them I took a Lorset, and she's like, well, that's not in your regiment. I said, yeah, but this someone I had at home, they dismissed me right there on the spot. Jesus Christ. I got, me in tears. I I got a question. Were these quarter shown shots they were giving in the back, or were these those, uh, those nerve block shots? Which ones were they? Cortisone. Cortisone? Cortisone. Okay, and so when you went to go get this looked at by another doctor— they they before even seeing you they they fired you as a patient because of quote something you were taking wasn't in the record. Right. right. Jesus Christ. And plus, I, they figured out I couldn't do these shots. Right. And once I, they figured out they couldn't make money off of me by doing the shots, then they kicked me to the curb. The very same clinic that did my back surgery. And you know, once you had the surgery done on your back primary surgeon that done that surgery is the only person that will touch you. I t t tell me about it. It's hard for a doctor to touch you. I had to move out of state. That's a good point. Anybody listening, yeah. that's so a real good point. What do you point. do then? Yeah, what do you do then? Uh, uh, same thing I've been doing since 17 years. Take a pain pill and go on about my day. But 
it's it's just so messed up. Dude, uh, I, 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 how can I, how can somebody get better when they don't have the adequate amount of medication to get them better? It's like I was born determined, dedicated in everything that I do. Okay. I know I can get better. I've got physical therapy. I got to start up next week and I've done physical therapy. <laughs> I've done everything I know to do for 17 years and it's not going to go nowhere. And our own DEA agents, own CDC, has even openly came out and said, hey, we've done some things that we shouldn't have done that those guidelines didn't mean to be implemented into laws and this, that, and the other. While the chronic pain patient is, has been pushed to the street, pushed to suicide, abandoned, looked at as a drug seeker, and all for what? So that the district attorneys can sue the opiate litigation just to get money while yeah. they suffer. And and I good mean, is that is that inhumane or what? Well, the drug policy. Inhumane. Where have we gone to? I mean, I looked at my God and my spirit, knowing one day He's gonna see fit that we need taken care of just as much as a heart patient needs taken care of. There's no, I... no difference. There's no difference. I agree a hundred percent. A person who suffered from a stroke, a person who suffered from a chronic condition, which is has so happened to be pain, can't get treated. We get treated as we're a drug addict. Take take me through your typical day. How how is pain? What's your quality of life? What can you do? What can't you do? What's your living situation? Work those kind of things. Because yeah. of pain, well, what, what, where are you at right now? Yeah, well, I live a, I live an active lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I tend to uh, about three elder people in my community that I help breakfast in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I help them by taking them to the doctor. Anything they need, I I'm there for them, and. Uh, well, I are, stay active as much as I can in therapy. Physical therapy helps me more. Are you able to? Are you able to walk and sit with it? Because I mean, that spinal—that's a motherfucker. Yeah, I can walk and sit, but not for a long period of time. Like sitting for a while. Yeah. I'll have to get up eventually. Okay. I have to get up, and move around. If not, my legs go numb, and uh, and then I'll walk, and then I'll sit down some more, and then I'll go in and I'll wash some dishes. Which is the worst thing ever for me is washing dishes because that gets my back every time. Okay. And I just know my limitations and I know what to do to treat it. Like yeah. the lidocaine patches, they help. The creams, they help. Uh, but most importantly, what helps me more than anything gets me through my day is my pain medication. Right. And, and without it, you can just forget. I won't be getting out of bed. You know, and it's it's really fr- medication. It's I feel like dying. It's frustrating because I've you yeah. know I you know. And I, then you huh. can't get the adequate amount. Shit, 2012. I was on twice as much as what I am now. All for what? Did what they start? Did they start taping you around 2016? I think that's when they changed a bunch of laws with this bullshit. Do you know? Do you remember yeah. when they started yeah. this nonsense? Yeah, that's when the nonsense started. Okay. 
Because uh, took away certain medications. It's like even still doing it now. Uh, a flexoril. I was prescribed that 17 years ago, and my insurance recovered it fine. Now, no insurance company will not cover it no more. Flexoril is a muscle relaxant, isn't it? Yeah, it's the muscle relaxant. They won't cover that. Is it what? They what's the ration? No what's the rationale? I don't understand. I okay. do not understand it. You know, it's it, like even it, some of our pain medications have been altered, and because I just know they have, I know. I mean, a lot of other people know that. It's like the Rose Pharmaceutical brand is the grandma clause of Purdue Pharmaceutical, and uh, and it's no good. The medicine ain't worth two cents. Right. Uh, and they've been cutting their medication supply since 2017 by 10% every year to where we're number eight in the world as far as getting opiates and of all the world. It's now, it used to be number one. When you and talk. And the cut supply has been cut by nearly half mm. the actual safe supply of opiates. What's your doctors have to say about this? I'm curious. Do they agree with the policy, or are they just kind of— I mean, what, what's your take on what your doctors feel about this? Well, doctors really don't say much at all. They just tell you no. Uh, they <laughs> don't feel comfortable in writing that. Uh, right. I understand they got to protect yourself and their livelihood. I understand that, too. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But my livelihood has been taken away from me. Right. It was stripped from me, and it's still being stripped from me. And uh, do you feel like you're being punished? Yeah. Huh? Like uh, can't you? You're not able to go to work. Um, you know the the things that give you some semblance of a quality of life you can't get. So the alternative is right. Just kind of sit in a corner and figure it out. Okay. What it's was life like? like? Sitting, go ahead. Getting my medication that I had two months ago and then it gets cut again all because I don't have cancer is your excuse right I don't get that right and you so you've been on so, I'm, I'm assuming you're on social security disability yeah and that's like Around. that's no windfall I mean how the hell you make how the hell you putting I mean you know I'm on I'm on a I'm not on Social Security disability, but I'm on federal disability retirement, you know, um, yeah. which is Social Security in a different name. Yeah, it's like 40% of what I was making. I would get more in Social Security probably. I don't know. I, I It doesn't matter right now. But what was your life? I mean, because I really want to paint this picture. You know, this has been the past 17 years. You know, what was your life before all this? I mean, you were, you're 47 now, so this was like, what, 17 years ago. So you're like, you're a young man, 30 years old, your whole life ahead of you, basically. Yeah. Okay, so when this happened. These things, like, I used to go dance. I used to love to go dance. I would go every other weekend to the dance halls and just tired of the dance floor up. I miss that more than anything, is dancing, playing golf. That was taken from me. Going fishing, uh, being able to fish all night and come back in the next day. And it's just things like that, small things taken away from us. That it's just, What's your you know, social life like? Yeah. What's your yeah. social life like? What's your social life like? Do you have like a lot of friends? I know you help people, but. I have no friends. Right. Now. 
because of this condition, right? All right. What about family? Friends, we used to get together every week. There's a group of about 12 of us, and we would go out to eat, stuff like that. And now it's just like, you know. Right. I mean, life goes on, and there, yeah. What about, what about family? Well, family's been distant. Understood. Uh, yeah. Uh, this impacted my family relationship. He's a little bit of a military type person. He's really strict, mm -hmm. and he stays on me all the time. And uh, he's been fed this propaganda about how opiates are bad and how they all get you addicted and you lead to other things. Okay, how's that true when I've been living 17 years, still, still kicking? Well, the, the 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 problem I have with the opiate argument is this: if you look at your life without take, it's like you know lecturing somebody. Hey, you know this is going to kill you. Well, you know this what you have, what all of us have, is killing us every day. It's a slow torture, you know. Yeah. And I just the don't get. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get the art, you know. So you were you showed me a picture before this. I mean, you were like yeah. a football star. I mean, yeah. those of you on the podcast on Podbeam can't see this, but if you could put that up there one more time, Brandon, for a little bit. Um, I thought this was a picture from college football. And oh, this, this yeah, this this I mean, this is a I mean, when you guys get a chance to see this picture and this is what I really want to bring home. I mean, this was like this is a stud in that you know a dude that can handle business yeah, I now. Had a dog going out for me. I mean, I had a brand new truck. I lost the truck because I had to go on disability. Everything was ripped from me. My home, my car. I mean, it's a 2012. Had 13 miles on it when I drove it off the car lot. And. Uh, like I was explaining to my doctor when he told me you're going to have to get on disability. I said, I can't live off disability. I've got that truck out there I've got to pay for. I was brought up, get up in the morning, go to work, take care of yourself and take care of your family and love God. And if it wasn't for my God, I wouldn't know where I would be at today because he's, he's the one in this that gives me strength and gives me hope. Uh, I have to have him be able to live every day and uh, have you ever I reached out have you ever reached I'm just curious because I've asked this to every pain patient have you ever reached out to any of these local disability organizations and say hey you know is there anything I can do or just because I mean do you struggle I know you do the volunteer work but I mean do you struggle mentally like trying to find quote your useful purpose you know that struggle with this is like where do you fit in have you been struggling with that at all or yeah a little bit a little bit uh, especially yeah. here in the small town community uh, mental health around this community is just unbelievable uh, you have to go so many far, many miles away to get intake at a mental health facility in this county. It's not even in this county. And I have people come up to me all the time. Uh, and it's a shame. They're crying for help. They're crying <laughs> for 
something, and I don't know what to give them. I'm not a doctor. Right. All I am is a human being, and I know from a person that's sitting there suffering or or what it may be, and this is, for instance, in our community, they want to go ahead and raise money to to get a drug dog. Okay, that's fine, dandy, but they, we don't really have a drug problem here in our town. But what we do have is a mental pro, mental health problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see instead of a drug dog being paid fifteen thousand dollars for, why not build a facility and just hire us a psychiatrist or therapist here in town that these people can go to amongst people their same peers. They can sit down and have a support group. In our community, it's a good idea. What's the population of your community right now? To give it context, oh, about 600, 600 people. All right, how far are you away from a, a major urban area, like a city? Miles. Forty-five. Yeah, you're kind of like miles. yeah. Okay, so you have That's to make road trips. To go to do an intake in this county. Let me ask you this: On your surgery, do you still have all that hardware in you, or did they remove it? You yeah, still, I still okay. Have it. And it. so the question I have, because this is like this is for other people that are in pain, because I found a lot of people are in this situation is they'll have a surgery that gets botched and nobody in their area will touch them. It's exactly what happened to me. I had to leave everything. My, I, I lived in Norman, Oklahoma, almost 30 years of my life. I left it all because I couldn't get any help. And I'm wondering in your situation, is it? Do you believe there's a... I, I mean, I know where you stand on back surgery. I'm in the same boat. But after they fuck us up, we got no choice, right? You know? The, you know yeah. And so, um, you know, on on that, is do you think there's a surgical remedy for your situation at, outside of your little town? If you saw yeah. the right doctor. If you saw the right yeah. doctor. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's, there is. And it's, just, it's a shame that it's not at our disposal. Just simply because I'm on Medicare. Okay? Uh, there's other techniques and procedures they could do that, that that pays for for others that don't. That, that makes sense. It's called calipisatacy. It's just like instead of using metal, they use this plastic yeah. for your vertebrae. Yeah. Okay. That's what you're using on my surgery. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't qualify for that because I'm on Medicare. Okay. All right, and it's like same thing as with the ketamine treatment. Why is that so expensive, and why is our insurance not covering it? You would so think Medicare would work. cover it. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It uh, it works better than seriously, was, better than opiates. Foundation, I was requested that is the combination between the ketamine and oxycodone. But with cylindrical uh, form, not mm-hmm. the pill form, but it's like it goes in your cheek and dissolves that way, that way better, and it works better uh, because they're filling this medicine now with fillers and substances. We don't know what we're getting. I have, and they, I even now have stage three B chronic kidney disease because I just can't taste take ibuprofen or just anything. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that. But you that's know, a that yeah. Was out the door years ago. I remember this as a meat cutter. I used to have to pop three or four ibuprofen or a lead a day just to get through the day. Because yeah. sitting there in pain, working, trying to make things, and that's where my kidneys at. 
Yeah, I've caused problems with that too. You know, it's. Um, I want to remind everybody out there. We got a couple comments. One, Spicoli, and this uh, you like Spicoli, Brandon. The wonderful CDC and the DEA have criminalized us. Spicoli is another guy in our situation, and here you are, you know, a guy who was, you know, an honest guy, a person of faith, uh, you know, and here you are, did nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong, except get hurt, and and it just 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 baffles my you know the the the, the whole issue and more yeah. you know okay so life so brandon in a life i i want some this is kind of serious and i'm sorry for the question but in a life where you're constantly in pain and the pain's getting worse and there's no access to medication to help with your pain and there's no access to medical treatment. I got, give me a minute. I'm on a Zoom meeting. Uh, no access. About that. Hey, it, hey dude, it's up. okay, dude. But no access to medical. I mean, where does that leave you? I know you have your faith, but where does that? Because that's been a struggle of mine. When they say we can't help you, and you're getting worse and worse every day, you're getting tortured to death. Where, where are you at mentally with that kind of lifestyle? Do you break down? I do. I have breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I've squalled so many times it's not even funny. Yeah. Uh, even the nurse at Carrollton North, though, she had me squalling and just as her comment. I said, let me leave you alone. That way you can gather your thoughts. I mean, just after you just kick me out of here, you're yeah. going to leave me alone so I can gather my thoughts. I mean, you're sitting here squalling in pain, saying there's a need for this pain medication. I've been on it in this place since 2005. But that doctor has retired, and is gone, <clears throat> and that's where all the good ones are gone. They're gone. Well, they are. They, you know, they get they get I mean, run I'm out. I'm sure there's still some out there, but if I find a needle in the haystack, I have not found it. You know, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but the ones that I know of, I got a, a good friend of mine is a doctor that was in. They, they get run out. You know, he got, you know, he, he's retired from medicine now. And I think you're familiar with uh, Mark, Dr. Isbin, you know, in Montana. You know, mm -hmm. he gets, he, they, they all get the runaround. And, you know, it was funny. I, when I was, I, I had, a an, you know, on this pain thing, I had a, an appointment pre-surgical at University of Colorado. And, you know, I'm not on any of this stuff only because I get just what I got told when I was talking to the doctor. Well, you know. These opiates don't work for back pain anyway. I'm like, dude, you're not in this. You, 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 you know, I mean, I don't take them. But yeah. you're, you're, to your point, there's a lot of people out there that will tell you what works for you. And I have found, you tell me, I have found that my body reacts oh, differently. Yeah, I, I, I react differently to some drugs than others. And, you, yeah. you know, it's like some I have to take a lot, some I can't take at all. And everybody's different. And it just... I don't yeah, know, exactly. dude. That's the need for metabolism tests and genetic testing needs to be done to tell what works for you, what don't work for you, how fast you metabolize this and how fast you don't. And there's several tests that needs to be done in order to, to adequately dosage someone because it's like more individualized care and they acknowledge that. But for the guidelines didn't do that. It's one size fits all. And it's left a lot of patients, well, they're gone now. It's committed suicide. Abandon them or just totally give up and just 
went to the street and started doing other harmful drugs like heroin, right. methamphetamine. You know, uh, they see this now. Uh, 107,000 overdose deaths in 2021 alone, but yet 44% prescription opiates declined in a 10-year period. And then you want to come out and say it's fentanyl? Well, yeah, y'all drove people to fentanyl. Right. Y'all did this. You see, see what you've done, and now they're doing nothing about it. There's like nothing. If you would have done something, you would have done it by now. Because you're doing nothing. All of sort of the fentanyl coming into this country, killing a person every five minutes. Right. That's the, you know, and, and let me ask you this question. When it's really painful, have you ever made any decisions that were just out of pure desperation that you've looked back and go, God, if I could have only had time to like not be in pain, it would have been different. If you made any, you know, because of pain or I, I've lost relationships. Yeah. And so if yeah. you, give me I an example. Family on count of it. Uh, uh, not having been able to go to a funeral of your own family member is pretty bad. You can't go to that funeral because you don't have no pain medicine. You can't get out of bed. You can't get out of the house. And it's sad that that happens. And it happened. And it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. The problem that Brandon's talking about, according to some government sites, is at this level, is 8% of the population. So that's not a majority, but that's almost 10% of the population, what Brandon is describing is 10%. I'm not talking about surgical pain. I'm talking about lifelong pain. There's approximately 8% of Americans that are what Brandon's talking about that are in this. There's no hope. And they're, you know, they're not getting, they're either not getting the medication or more importantly, the, 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 the surgical procedures that will eradicate this. You know, he had, he had a bot surgery, and now he's in this town. This is so, God, this is like everybody I talk to. He's got the same, you, 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 well, it just seems to follow the same thing. So what, what, Brandon, what's next? I mean, seriously, I mean, you know. I, I don't you, know what's to be coming until we get. I think once they get done suing the pharmaceutical companies, the CDs, I mean, the district attorneys and the city councils and all that when they finish up getting their money i think things will change then i think they're going to have to meet us halfway at least but i don't see it I don't see it do you have any figured out there's big money bigger money into other things that they can do and they can't make money off of a doctor just sitting there writing a prescription how much of how much of your you know percent you don't have to give me dollars percentage wise if you could of your monthly income is going to medically related things what would you say that is out of pocket it be it gas yeah it's huge right percentage wise yeah, I, I don't even just want to discuss it. it's okay it's, it's okay it's embarrassing really it's, it's really embarrassing well that's the other thing you know can't have a life can't right. have a life can't have a life. It's weird. It's I'm so you know. Um, yeah. what? Okay. Like you're digging yourself a hole, and you're digging it deeper and deeper and deeper. You think you're getting out of it, but you're not getting out of it. 
what what could what else i mean i mean i got a whole bunch of ideas i'm just curious what what needs to be done I know medication. What other things out there did you think would make this a, a more man? The mental health I heard, and then I know the pain medication. But are there any other things that kind of come to mind that would make it more manageable, or that you would need, or you think the pain community needs? Uh, I think what needs to be done is the state's medical boards needs to work with pain patients. I think they need to collaborate together and come up with a solution that that will work instead of saying, I would you know, uh, come up with their own controlled substances act in their own state. Uh, they've got to keep pain patients in mind. And I think the state leaders working with the actual pain patients to getting things better for everybody is a start. But until they do that, you're getting nowhere. I, because you, you got money invested, people invested money in stocks with the addiction medication. Evidently, that's the thing now. And then you need to take money out of the equation, period. Money don't need to be in the equation of care. Right. Yeah, I also find, and everybody's in a different situation, so where they're at with pain, but I'm like, even if somebody's 100% bedbound, I don't like to give up, right? There's still things. No. And what I've noticed is that there really isn't a lot out there. There's a lot of talk, like there's a lot of memes and we care but at the end of the day, you were you were working, you were you know gainfully employed, contributing. This happens, but there's other things we can do besides being forgot about and put off in the corner, you know. And there's I always you know like job retraining. I mean, it's I, I I'm just throwing out ideas. Oh, yeah, rehabilitation. Yeah, there is none. You know, I no, mean, no. and there and no. so this uh, is like a judicial system. Uh, yeah, it's like the you broke the law. Thing. You thinking locking the key, locking them up, put them in the jail cell is going to fix some problem? That's no, not going to fix our problem. Yeah, it's pretty. There's it's, other things to be done. Right. And I know it takes people to do that kind of stuff, like a therapist and a substance abuse counselor. You know, my company's leaving. Hey, hey, hey. yeah, we'll, we'll wind it up. Just closing thoughts. Closing thoughts before you go. Okay. But but closing thoughts. Um, what what your your wish list one through your top five things if you can come up with it that need to happen. Top five. One thing crucial is a doctor patient relationship. Okay, let the patient tell you what they think works for them. It's, and. If a patient tells you, I believe this will work and this will work, and try that and come back in two weeks instead of a month or a week, and all right, let's say let's follow up with you. How does that work? Okay. Okay. And then change it if it needs to be changed, and then do it again two weeks later. Once it has to be a whole month. Okay. And then the second thing I would do. 
I guess it would be for Makalala to where a DEA agent cannot just come in to a doctor's office or a pharmacist or a patient's house without first having a search warrant in that county where that resides at, whether it be a doctor, patient, or pharmacist. They just can't just bust up in there and, and arrest the doctor. They have to have a probable cause. Okay. And they have to really know, know that they know that they had a problem or there's an issue there. Because I hear a lot, these doctors getting falsely locked up for Medicare fraud, which it wouldn't Medicare fraud, that they were over-prescribing or... And, you know, made up stuff because I just don't think, I just don't believe that none of that's true because if the problem was pill mills back in the day, shouldn't we have cleaned them out by now, especially with the drug monitoring databases that we have to monitor? I think, that, I think for the most part, I, I, I have not, you know, I've been in and out of the hospitals for six years, but I think like all the, all the, all the stuff going on in Florida has been dealt with. I don't think Missis. I think Mississippi and Florida were some of the bigger ones. Um, and to your point, these these overdose deaths. What I what's getting misrepresented is that's not like the prescriptions they're writing pain patients. That's like stuff that's on the street that's laced. Yes. But for the most heroin. part, uh, heroin. It's eat. It, well, it they're even. They're finding fentanyl in in kratom and some yeah in marijuana. So I caution anybody. I wouldn't buy anything yeah. quote on the street these days. No. But but if you have people that I'm not excusing any behavior. We all got to own our behavior. But I've made desperate decisions on this when I'm no, you know I, I and it hasn't driven me this go around to go to the street. But I can definitely it's there's no judgment because I will do what. I have to do to get out of what I'm in. And I wish I wasn't that way, but it is yeah. something else, you man. You sit here in about two hours into waking up, you're 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 hurting, you're in pain, and now your withdrawals kick in. You can't get comfortable. You're sweating. You don't know what else to do, but other than maybe go to the emergency room or urgent care and get a shot. Hopefully that lasts you a day. Yeah, right. And uh, then yeah. you got to look at the next day. Then you got to look at, well, I've got a whole number three more days to go before I get my pain medication. Why did we put people through that? Why did we put people through that? Yeah. Well, it's a, I don't you understand know, why the logic of that. It's to, quote, protect us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah, it's an well, overcorrection. Years ago, when they were saying about the uh, overdose deaths, overdose deaths, is it over a pain pill? They're dying over pain pills. I knew it went right then. Right. When they were saying that on TV or on the news channel, uh, overdose deaths, the opiate epidemic. Oh man. No, oh, it's, it's just a mess. It's tough. Well, and okay, the only so way they can get it fixed is by leave these doctors alone let this doctor and patient have their relationship let them decide what's best for the patient and have it signed 
on paper that you're not holding that doctor responsible if you were to overtake them or you drank that night or whatnot, you know? Yeah. Because I gave up drinking years ago. This period blank just put it down. I made a choice. It's either going to be my pain medicine or drinking. Nah, yeah, I so can't. I decided yeah. to put the drinking down. And, yeah. and I, I'm going to take my pain medicine. And I'm going to get my pain medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, you, do you get, do you get... Even if you had to go to the street. Now, in Alabama, is Alabama allow medical marijuana? Finally, finally, <laughs> medical right. marijuana is legalized here in the state of Alabama. Okay. But only by gummies, no smoke. Oh, Jesus. Like that. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. So they allowed that, but you can't get no answers yet because nobody knows because I asked, well... Will a pain patient be able to get? I know they'll be able to get their marijuana, but will they be able to get their pain medication along with the marijuana? I could tell you here in Colorado, um, you know, they would allow me to do. You, you, you know, I, I even though I'm not taking opiates, I still go to pain management for other. Well, to go to ketamine, right? Uh, but yeah, um, that's one thing I want to try there. Yeah, but they don't. They don't make. You know, it's. They're pretty happy. Most of the doctors I ran into are happy that I'm doing weed. I mean, and my surgeon was doing cartwheels. And I haven't, but in Oklahoma, you could not have medical marijuana and pain management. You'd have to make a choice. But And, and I found that most people, it's... It's not just one thing. It's a. It's like you got to. It's a combination. It's hard to combination explain. Combination of things like the oxycodone yeah. ketamine. Right. Work great for me. Right. I and, think. Yeah, you can't. It's it's hard to explain this to people because people that aren't in this space, they they just they just hear all this talk like, oh my god, but it's, it's just I could just tell you, you know, what they say is a lot is not. You know, I I can go right. on and on with this, but. You know, okay, yeah. so I heard doctor-patient relationship, um, you know, the DEA overreaching. I think everybody can agree on both those. Anything else that come to mind? We kind of talked about mental health services, um, yeah. job retraining, uh, rehabilitation. leaders working with pain patients. They got to come together and work with pain patients. Yeah. I tried to reach out to the medical board continuously several times. No kind of reply or nothing. Nothing. No email back, no letter back or anything. It's like you don't even exist. <laughs> uh, it's going to take, to be honest with you, it, it's going to take somebody in the public eye and with money to go through this, I mean, yeah. to, to help wake people up. And, yeah. you know, with these numbers and the aging population, we'll start <laughs> to see it more and more. But, you know... I think they would see it being that, you know, just here recently, the guy in Utah, Salt Lake City, shot his doctor and he was determined to kill his doctor that caused the pain on his back, yeah. the surgery that he had. That happened in Oklahoma, and, you know, too. I, that's just wrong for him to do that, too. But that's sort of tells them something... Hey, we got a guy actually shooting a doctor because his pain is not controlled. Right. Shouldn't we do something different? Nope. Yeah, it's and that's not the only time that's happened. That's right. not the only time that's happened. You just don't hear about it. Just like you don't hear enough of the fentanyl overdosing. You don't hear nothing about that. But it's happening. Yeah. 
It is. It is. And it, 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 you know, it, it all sounds hopeless, but I still have hope. But I, you know, like you were alluding to, it's just going to take work, time, political savvy, and those kind of things. But I, I think if, you know, people just continue like what we're doing, if we can get more people to do this kind of, just get it, just put it out there. And just, this is what people in this situation are living with. And, you know, I'm, you know, at the numbers, I I think it's insane. And and so, but I'm in it. So I'm passionate because I'm in it. You know, there's there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of things that matter to me now that I totally ignored before my, were you, you do you, closing thoughts, because you help people out. And do you, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this experience makes it really hard for me to look the other way when I see somebody going through shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it is it happened to you? I, it's not that I'm a good guy. It has nothing to yeah. do with that, but I cannot look the other way when somebody is suffering. I can't. It just mm-hmm. is. It, yeah, it's tough, dude. Yeah, well, it's in your instinct to help. It's like that's one thing. I remember my grandmother always, she always, no matter what, if you sick, she's going to help you. If it don't matter if it's chicken soup or some sort of medicine, she's got you. Uh, that's just the, the love we should have for one another. And I don't understand why we are being treated like we are still, still being treated like this. And here we are. The new guidelines are set to come out at the end of the year. Uh, they do realize the DA has overreached. They did realize that the guidelines were taken into laws and it didn't mean for it to be. Yeah, right. But here we still are. Nothing's done. Yeah. Brandon, thank you for first. I want you. I want you to come back on any time. I'm. I want to have a panel of people. But I want to thank you yeah. for coming on and sharing this, dude. Um, sure thing, do, do you ha- do you have any closing thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Mm. I just hope it gets better for everybody. I just hope it gets better for everybody. But in order you're a good man. Get better. We all got to push to get things better. Well, we all have to. I want I I want to point out something. When I asked any closing thoughts, you you, you wished others you know it, it's just selflessness i just it, it you're a good man you're a good man i mean that 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 impressed me because so many of us would be like well i want this i want this what do you want others to have an opportunity yeah, that's, that's a that's a good thing me. it's about everybody else too you know because i know there's some that suffer worse than i do or don't have it like i have it you know or I have sympathy for them. I wish them all the help in the world too. But God helps those the ones that help themselves too. I learned that. Yeah, I think it's a two way street. I I mean yeah, I think there's there's is. there's work we've gotta do. I mean and and but I think most most people I've talked to are, are willing to do the physical all the work that it takes to recover from this, just give them a shot. You know, just give them an opportunity, you know, and not on a multi-year waiting list, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. All right. Well, Brandon, thank you so much, buddy. I want to wish you peach and love. 
All right, thanks, man. Peace and love. God bless. All right, man. This concludes another episode from the Art of Floundering podcast. We hope that you will like, follow, subscribe, and review. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Podbeam, or wherever you download your super-duper peachy keen favorite podcast. On behalf of the Art of Floundering podcast, I want to wish each and every one of you nothing but peace and love.